0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slovaček, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, the 2022 Emmy Award nominations were announced, and there was some good news for LGBTQ representation. A bipartisan group of House members and senators have introduced a bill that would enshrine same-sex marriage as a federal law. Ricky Martin got some bad news, and a young man shares how Will and Grace saved his life. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. a bipartisan group of House members and senators have introduced a bill, the Respect for Marriage Act, which would enshrine marriage equality for the purposes of federal law and provide additional legal protections for marriage equality. The Respect for Marriage Act would officially repeal the Defense Against Marriage Act, which specifically defined marriage as the union of one man and one woman and allowed individual states to not recognize same-sex marriage that were recognized under other states' laws. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said in a statement, The Supreme Court's extremist and precedent-ignoring decision in Dobbs v. Jackson, which repealed Roe v. Wade and abortion rights, has shown us why it is critical to ensure that federal law protects those constitutional rights that might be threatened by Republican-controlled state legislatures. LGBTQ Americans and those in interracial marriages deserve to have certainty that they will continue to have their right to equal marriage recognized. Now, this legislation does face a steep climb in the Senate, where it would take 60 votes, meaning 10 Republicans would have to support it. But it would be interesting to get a floor vote to gauge support of same-sex marriage today. Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine is a co-sponsor. Republican Senator Ted Cruz of Texas raised eyebrows last week on his podcast when he said that the Supreme Court was, quote, clearly wrong when it legalized same-sex marriage. We'll see if any or how many of his colleagues agree. A school building in Boston being converted to LGBTQ-friendly senior housing was vandalized with threatening graffiti such as Die by Fire last week. But the community rallied to stand up to the hate. The vandalism was discovered Sunday, July 10th at the William Barton Rogers Middle School in the Hyde Park neighborhood. It's the future of The Pride, which will include 74 units of mixed-income housing. Ground was broken last month. Other messages in the graffiti included phrases like, Die slow, your fairy tale is over, and there are two genders. Ugly. But by Sunday afternoon, those messages had been covered with LGBTQ supportive ones, and dozens of people demonstrated at the site in solidarity with the LGBTQ community. Hyde Park resident Chris Roberts told Boston's CBS affiliate, quote, The words are so hateful and so unnecessary. And what harm is any of us doing by wanting to live in a school that's being converted to affordable housing? Boston Mayor Michelle Wu addressed the rally attendees, saying, We are here because the community refused to give up on this project, which has been in the works for several years. She added, To see cowards come out in the dark of night and try to intimidate or put their hate on this larger community, it doesn't represent what we have seen throughout this multi-year process. Police are currently investigating by reviewing surveillance video and more. A federal judge has temporarily blocked protections for transgender students that President Joe Biden enacted with an executive order in a case brought by the Attorneys General of 20 states suing for the power to discriminate against trans students. Judge Charles Achley in the Eastern District of Tennessee, who was appointed by Donald Trump, issued a temporary injunction against the 2021 executive order saying that it directly interferes with and threatens plaintiff states' ability to continue enforcing their state laws. At issue here is Title IX, the federal law that bans discrimination on the basis of sex in education. Biden's executive order said that the law also bans anti-LGBTQ discrimination in schools that receive federal funding because it's impossible to discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity without taking sex into account. The order was based on similar reasoning used by the Supreme Court in its 2020 Bostock v. Clayton County ruling, which said that anti-LGBTQ job discrimination violates the federal ban on sex-based discrimination. The EEOC and the Department of Education issued guidance to comply with the order. But the Red State Attorneys General, led by Tennessee, sued last August, saying that the Bostock ruling only applies to job discrimination. Their complaint repeatedly refers to trans girls and women as biological men, and says that states should be allowed to discriminate against transgender students when it comes to sports teams and facilities like restrooms, forcing trans girls to use the boys' restrooms, for example the temporary injunction stops the Biden administration from enforcing the executive order in the 20 states that joined the lawsuit. Russian lawmakers have proposed extending a ban on the promotion of non-traditional sexual relationships to minors to include adults as well. Russia's existing, quote, gay propaganda law that was passed in 2013, has been used to stop gay pride marches and detain gay rights activists. Authorities say they are defending morality in the face of what they argue are un-Russian liberal values promoted by the West. But human rights activists say the law has been broadly applied to intimidate Russia's LGBTQ community. Under the proposed changes, any event or act regarded as an attempt to promote homosexuality, could incur a fine. Homosexuality was a criminal offense in Russia until 1993, and was classified as a mental illness until 1999. In a ranking of Europe's most LGBTQ-friendly nations in this year's Rainbow Europe Index, compiled by ILGA Europe, Russia came in, wait for it, third to last. And there you have it. The 2022 Emmy Award nominations have been announced, and they are sort of queer. HBO's Secession scored the most nominations with 25, and the network's more queer series, The White Lotus, received 20. Other queer-inclusive shows also rounded out the top-nominated programs, including HBO Max's Hacks, which I love, and Hulu's Only Murders in the Building, which each received 17 nods. HBO's Euphoria received 16 nominations. Fan favorites Yellow Jackets, Euphoria, and Stranger Things were nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. In the Outstanding Comedy Series, we have Abbott Elementary, Barry, Hacks, Only Murders in the Building, and What We Do in the Shadows. The White Lotus, featuring that notorious gay sex scene, is up for Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series, while star Murray Bartlett received a nod for his portrayal of queer hotel host Armand. Jennifer Coolidge, Natasha Ruthwell, and Sydney Sweeney all received nominations for Outstanding Supporting Actresses in a Limited or Anthology Series. Zendaya is up for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for her portrayal of queer high school student Rue on Euphoria. And for their roles as the infatuated pair Villanelle and Eve in Killing Eve, Jodie Kummer and Sandra Oh both received nominations. BookSmart star Caitlin Deaver received a nomination in the Limited Series category for her supporting role playing a lesbian in Dopesick. Yellow Jackets' Melanie Linsky and Christina Ritchie received nominations for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series and Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, respectively. While there weren't a lot of nominations for out-LGBTQ actors, Sarah Paulson did score a nomination for her performance as Linda Tripp in Impeachment, American Crime Story. In the comedy category, bisexual comedian Hannah Einbinder was nominated again for her role on Hacks for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy. Kate McKinnon, one of the most talented people I've ever seen, also grabbed a nomination for her final season of Saturday Night Live. Also from SNL, Bowen Yang earned a nomination for his work on the show, and Jared Carmichael received a nomination for hosting the show. Nathan Lane received a nomination for the Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Comedy Series for his work on Only Murders in the Building. Bob's Burgers received a nod for Animated Series. And in the Reality Competition category, RuPaul's Drag Race earned a nomination, as did RuPaul, for Hosting Duties. RuPaul's Drag Race, Untucked, got a nod for Unstructured Reality Program. The Queer Inclusive competition series, Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls, also received a nomination. And Queer Eye's Bobby Burke, Karamo Brown, Tan France, Tony Porosky, and Jonathan Van Ness also received nominations for Outstanding Host for a Reality or Competition Program. And the show got a nomination for Outstanding Structured Reality Program. Make sure you catch the Emmy Awards September 12th on NBC. Earlier this month, Out Global international pop star Ricky Martin was issued a restraining order over domestic violence allegations. Puerto Rican newspaper El Vocero reports that Martin and the party that requested the order had dated for several months. Spanish news site Marca reports that the person who requested the order was Dennis Yodil Sanchez, the Puerto Rican singer's nephew. According to the complaint, Martin is accused of physically and emotionally abusing Sanchez, who's 21, during their seven-month alleged relationship. It also states the two had broken up two months ago. However, it claims that Martin wouldn't accept the breakup and he'd been found hanging around the petitioner's house. A hearing in the case is scheduled for July 21st, according to People Español. Due to the incest allegations, Martin could face up to 50 years in prison. When the news of the restraining order broke, Martin's representative said the allegations absolutely were not true. Martin's lawyer, Marty Singer, told Deadline, quote, Unfortunately, the person who made this claim is struggling with deep mental health challenges. Ricky Martin has, of course, never been, and would never be, involved in any kind of sexual or romantic relationship with his nephew. The idea is not only untrue, it is disgusting. We all hope that this man gets the help he so urgently needs, but most of all, we look forward to this awful case being dismissed as soon as a judge gets to look at the facts. End quote. Martin also released a statement on Twitter that read, quote, The protection order entered against me is based on completely false allegations, so I will respond through the judicial process with the facts and the dignity that characterize me. Because it is an ongoing legal matter, I cannot make detailed statements at this time. I am grateful for the countless messages of solidarity, and I receive them with all my heart." Ricky Martin's brother, former bodybuilder Eric Martin, released his own statement backing up his brother. According to TMZ, Eric Martin, who reportedly broke the news that the restraining order petitioner was the nephew, talked about the case on Facebook Live. Eric Martin insisted that the nephew has experienced mental health struggles and added that the nephew is estranged from the family. As for the nephew, he has yet to release any statement on the matter. The petition for the restraining order was made under the island's Law 54, also known as the Domestic Abuse Prevention and Intervention Act. If domestic abuse with a relative is the felony Martin is charged with and he's found guilty, he could face up to 50 years in prison. Just a reminder, folks, innocent until proven guilty. I've often mentioned how representation on TV has helped untold LGBTQ people come to terms and learn to love themselves for who they are. So what would this world be like if Will & Grace never existed? Aside from its significance to pop culture, the show has helped so many members of the LGBTQ community in many ways. Brandon Hines is one of them. Hines grew up in a small town and felt like he was forced into the closet and knew that staying in his hometown would not only stifle his growth, but his happiness as well. He recently shared his story and appreciation for the TV show, Will & Grace, with I'mFromDriftwood.com. Hines grew up in a trailer in Dublin, Georgia. From the time he was 10, he says that he was a very masculine boy who was heavy into sports. He had a cousin that was feminine acting and would play with dolls instead of participating in activities that the traditional boys would do. Heinz's older family members would scold the feminine cousin and suggest, Why don't you act like Brandon? He likes sports. He hangs out with the boys. He's tough, never cries. But for Brandon, hearing his family ridicule his cousin made him fear for himself. He knew that deep down he was very similar to his cousin, but judgment from others pushed him into the closet. And that meant being gay wasn't normal or accepted. Heinz says that the way society, his family, and friends viewed homosexuality forced him into a box. He wanted to present himself as masculine and straight instead of feminine and gay. He felt like he was cursed because of his inner thoughts in conflict with being gay and closeted, but also because he never saw any gay people, any gay and happy people. That is until he saw an episode of Will and Grace one day while visiting his Uncle Jimmy's apartment. Hines and his family would often visit his uncle's house, typically during rainstorms, as the trailer they lived in was susceptible to heavy damage. So while visiting his uncle's apartment, he snuck off to a bedroom to watch TV. While his family always assumed he was watching sports, Hines had actually stumbled upon Will and Grace, and it caught his interest. The minute the show appeared on the screen... Heinz says that he knew they were gay. He said his immediate thought was, these are my people. While he admits that he felt guilty for watching it and he had to sneak to do so, Heinz felt happy while tuning in, and the feeling the show gave him made him feel reborn again. Will and Grace gave the young, closeted, small-town boy hope. Heinz told I'm from Driftwood, the feeling that came over me was just like I had been reborn again. And it just shed light that I could actually be happy and have friends and have a solid life, have a house, have a nice job, and all that, and still be gay. From that point, Brandon would find any and every excuse to head over to his uncle's apartment just to steal a moment of joy to watch Will and Grace. He shared with I'm from Driftwood, not to be dramatic or anything like that, But I think that show almost saved my life in a sense, just because it gave me that hope in that I may not be happy now, I may not be comfortable with who I am now, but I know one day I will be. That also put a fire behind me, knowing that I had to get away. So I knew I was going to be happy, but I knew I probably wasn't going to be happy living there. Will and Grace not only gave Brandon hope, but it helped to shape his future. He knew that once he went off to college, he would never return to Dublin, Georgia. For him, he wouldn't be able to live a full, gay, and happy life there. Making it was very important to him, so that helped him stay focused in school. He eventually grew confident enough to come out to his sister as he wanted to begin living his full truth and transition to happiness. Hines graduated with a degree in marketing and landed in Austin, Texas. A big part of the reason why he decided on Austin Gay flag football. He knew that gay sports and joining a league would help him acclimate to his new life there. He found community there. He always felt like being a minority, gay, and living in a small town, that the world was against him. But with hard work, focus, and a few episodes of Will and Grace, he found that anything is possible. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care of yourselves